Hello, everyone. Hope everyone's having an awesome Sunday. Sundays are always good. You get to spend it with family, with loved ones. So I hope everyone's having a blessed day. God bless you guys. Um, today, my message is going to be about the gospel is for the pure of heart. Now, you guys might think, well, man, you're just excluding people. Well, what business does light have with darkness? They can't coexist together. It's not possible. You can't have someone that's evil and good at the same time. You can't have someone that's that's good hang out with evil people because if you put a rotten fruit with a bunch of other fruit, the rottenness is going to spread to the good fruit. So keep that in mind. Um, if you like to proclaim yourself as a pure-hearted person, you have good intentions, you're always looking out for people, you're always you know, going above and beyond trying to make people happy, you genuinely try to you know, put a smile on people's faces. You care about people's feelings. You care about, you know, their families. Like, hey, how's your mom doing? Hope everything's okay. Um, the gospel is for you. That's who Jesus died for. Jesus died for everyone. Yeah, that's true. But there are some people that are more inclined towards the gospel than others. And because some people, let's just be honest, like we know people. Everyone knows people that are just, they don't care. And the gospel is especially needed for them. But some people are, are doomed. Not everyone will make it to heaven. So, But if you have a clear heart, if you have a pure heart, you always try to seek the best in people. You always try to show the best in people. Then the gospel is for you. The gospel is truly for you. Um, many times we hold this notion that people who go to church are hypocrites because they're sinners too. Why are they trying to be godly? And then that's this is where a lot of people stem the idea from, oh, Manny, you're saying you're better than me because you believe in God and you follow his ways. And that is completely the opposite of how I come across to people. I just think people get, when, you, when you like, you're put in that position where you're trying to be better, they don't like it because you're trying to grow as a person and then that threatens them. So it's more of a personal thing for them. So when people, you know, if you are following Christ and people come at you this way, just remind, remind yourself that it's their own insecurities attacking them because they know that they could be better, but they don't. They don't put the effort into it because it's not. It's not something that happens effortless. Effortlessly, you actually have to put some effort and time towards bettering yourself. And um. But if you think about it, people that go to church aren't hypocrites, but they are. Well, at least it depends on the church because I some churches are just straight out hypocrites. But there are some people that go to church and they truly want to be there, not for you know communion, not. That's a that's a plus, don't get me wrong. But they go seeking God. They go seeking, you know, Jesus and following his example he set forth. Um and the follower to be a follower of Christ, there are some requirements. Um, you need to be pure of heart, you need to be humble, you need to be ready to be taught, because Jesus was a teacher. And you have to submit yourself to Jesus and what he taught because he's a son of he's a son of God. So you have to submit yourself to his will. Um, you you have to have a clean conscience by Jesus for the most part because Satan will constantly try to you know speak lies to you and condemn you to try to hold you back from, from becoming a new creation in Christ. But a clean conscience is important so you can keep building forward. And the only way to clean your consciousness truly to purify yourself is through the blood of Jesus Christ. And finally, you have to um, you have to want to be better. You have to want to do better. You have to have this thirst 
for more. You have to have this thirst for wanting to be a better person for yourself, for wanting to be a better person for your family, for your mother, for your brother, for your sister, for your little brothers, you know, for situations like that. You want to be a better example in your family. You want to help out your dad. He's struggling. And the only way to truly show them the power does in Christ is by living that testimony through you, for you to change, for you to make the difference. And if, you know, people... People that are busy in life, they don't have time to read the Bible, they don't have time to seek God, that they could see it through you and you will be a testimony to them. It will be like going to a sermon, except you're the sermon and you you are what the people get to see. So if you do thirst for for more than what this world has to offer, you know, which is like party, drinking, smoking, doing drugs, um, I'm not condemning the people that do. There's Christ died for all of us. But there are some people who, who you know, don't, don't like to live this lifestyle because they see that it's just a simulation. You know, you go out to a party, it's the same thing every time you go to a party. There's people dancing and listening to music and people are drunk. That's only, it's not really, there's no meaningful conversations that happen at a party. It's just hooking up and talking trash and a whole lot of small talk. So it's just, it's void of content, I guess you could say. Void of true um, pleasure, void of true knowing someone further deeper than what the surface level is just superficial so if you truly do think you want more from life you want to go deeper you want to expand your your consciousness you want to become more conscious of your surrounding more conscious of life and not just live blindly i urge you to and the only way to do that truly is in christ there's other ways of doing it of course but the only way that will bring you true peace is through christ because in him we are made righteous in him. We are forgiven for our sins in him. We have access to God. And, you know, that's that's biblical. No one comes to the Father but through me. That's what Jesus said. So, <clears throat> To get one, cl- one thing clear, the only thing, the only reason we know the difference between evil and good is because of God. Because if you think about it... Um, how would we know what good is without God? Um, you might think, oh, yeah, well, I don't have God, but I'm going to go out and I'm going to, you know, feed the poor. And I don't need God to do that so bad. I'm going to go out. I'm going to feed poor people. I'm going to give them food. But you got to think to yourself, why are you doing that? Are you doing it because you truly just want to give something because you have excess? And that would, that would be what God taught us to do. Jesus taught us to do. Or are you just doing that because you want to, you know, take a video of you doing it to exalt yourself, to show off that to yourself, you know, to show off to other people that, hey, I have the conditions to do this, I'm rich, but, so, and you can apply that to other situations and narratives, you know, do you want to help your friend because you truly just want to see him prosper, or do you want to help your friend because, oh, then he'll owe me a favor too, type of situation, you know what I mean, so, that's how you know if someone's truly good, or if someone's just, it's only, he only does good when it's convenient for him, that's, that's the difference between someone that's pure of heart, and someone that always has an expectation, someone that always, his heart wanders towards other not-so-pure ideologies, okay? Um, and just because, you know, godly people or, or people of Jesus, followers of Christ, the body of Christ, is called to, um, to obey his word and to follow his path and to live godly, exalting lives and, you know, supposed to love your neighbor, love everyone, you don't have to love someone and and coexist with them. Well, like not like you don't not gonna go kill them, but you don't have to you know invite them to your dinner. You're not supposed to eat with them because what what business 
does light have with darkness? If someone, you know, is is a drunkard, what business do I have inviting a drunkard, you know, an alcoholic to my family dinner where it's me and my family? Like, I can't invite a friend like that to my house. So what business do I even have being a friend with him? If I can't eat at the table with him, with my whole family, what business do I have being a friend with a person like that? You know what I mean? So light can't coexist with darkness. So, and even Jesus said this, and this is Matthew 10, 34. Do not think I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be the members of his household. And why is this? It's because it's the people closest to you. And you start in Christ, you can realize where their hearts are actually set. In Christ, you can actually see their motives. And if they do things out of lust, or if they actually do things out of love, or if they do things to exalt themselves, or if they do stuff truly from the pureness of their heart. And that's why Jesus says this, that he came to set man against members of his own household because those are the people you coexist with the most those are the people that you truly know the most so if you try to you start to understand their psyche their psyche you know their mind and why they how they how they function and why they function then you you can you start to understand people more it's like wow like you truly are just a narcissist or you only care about yourself you do you only do things that are beneficial to you but that's why jesus said i came to set household members against household members um and you have to understand that faith, faith without works is dead. So if you don't apply the scripture into your life, there's no point. There's no point in trying to follow Christ. There's no point in going to church because then you're not going to make a difference in the world. You're not going to do what Jesus called you to do. And ultimately, you're not going to be saved because there's no inward change. That's the main example of, of when someone has accepted Christ is when their inside starts to be changed from the inside out. And then their actions start to be changed. How they act is, starts to be changed. How they treat other people starts to be changed. Because once you, once you accept Christ, it's impossible not to change. It's impossible not to try to see better, to do better, to try to help people more, to try to you know push people further in their walk, to help them gain spiritual understanding, spiritual awareness. That hey, everything, not everything in life you can see and touch, right? You can you see the wind. Can you? You don't see the wind, but you know it's there, right? You can't see your brain, but you know it's there, right? You can't see your thoughts, but you know they're there, right? So not everything in life is physical. Not everything in life you can touch. You know, you, you know your dreams. Can you, can you feel, can you see your dreams? No. So some stuff is just, it's not in the physical world. It's in the spiritual world. And that's important to understand. But because you can honor God with your lips, you know, just like Matthew 15, 8 says, this people honors me with their lips. But their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines of teaching as doctrines the precepts of man. So the, you know what comes from man's mind, what comes from man's knowledge, will not change anything. It will not. It will not change a generation. It will not start a fire in someone's heart. The only thing that can change people is, is the word of God. It's the word of Jesus itself, because that's rooted in truth. It's rooted rooted in the spirit, and in the spirit we find true happiness. We find true joy. Because temporary pleasures, you will never find true happiness if you're just chasing after your next lust. Never. I promise you, you will never find happiness if your only base of happiness is rooted in, your next, in fulfilling your next lust. Never. It's, just, it's not possible because you don't have any long-term fulfillment or joy. You know what I mean? And even in your family, you, you might think, oh, well, I'll, I'll be happy once I have a wife. I'll be happy once I have a husband. So let's say, boom, you get a wife and a husband. You get a wife or a husband, whatever one, you know. Um, 
and then you expect to be happy and then you guys aren't happy so then because it's after a while you realize like hey like we're not in the in the love stage anymore because that's it's a chemical reaction in your brain that's why i say love is a decision it's not it's not a, it's not like something that you're forced to do it's, it's something you you have to decide to want to love someone decide to want to act in a submissive way to them and it has to be mutual for it to be a healthy relationship so and then like when that happens in the relationship people look oh yeah let's have kids it'll keep the relationship alive and once you have kids you it might bring you happy for for a little bit and then you but some people will take advantage of this and they'll become helicopter parents and and their happiness will be rooted in their kids' lives. And that's not how it should be either. Because you know how much pressure you put on the kids? You know how unhealthy that is? How toxic that is for the kid? You, they have to live their own lives. They have to understand and learn for themselves. So it's just once once you're not rooted and based in the truth, everything around that, it leads to bad things happening. So if you're not rooted in Christ, you're not rooted in God, your actions will, will not be beneficial. It will, it will lead to death and not life. You know what I mean? It will lead to downfalls and not upcomings because you're not acting out of love. You're acting out of self-interest. <sighs> Man, and that's that's why I've seen so many families having difficulties, so many families, so many people divorced, so many people not getting married anymore. It's because they're not rooted in Christ. They're rooted in, in what this world has taught them is the way to go. And that's just not true. What this world offers you is not anything beneficial for you. It's beneficial for them. It's like you... you how many people in your life do you actually trust? You know, most people, I ask this question, some people say zero, some people say one to two. That's maybe one to 2% of the people you've met in your life, okay? So those are people you actually know. They actually have an obli obligation to you, most of them, and they, they don't, you can't trust them. So how are you going to trust the government? How are you going to trust scientists if they don't even know you, you don't even know them? What obligation do they have to lead you to the truth? What obligation do they have to try to be better, to try to, you know, lead you in the right path, to tell you the truth? They have zero commitment to you, absolutely zero. The only thing they're committed to is their self-interest. And, you know, man, humans, we're naturally sinners. We're naturally not living, you know, a perfect way. So how are you going to trust a person that you don't even know? You, you've, you, They have no commitment to you. You have no commitment to them. So how are you going to put trust in them but not put trust in the people around you? It doesn't make sense. You know, that's another revelation. Just think about it. Apply this to your life. Um, so thank you for listening, guys. That's all I have for today. I pray this message will make you question things, make you look around with more deeper, you know, more consciousness. Truly be more consciously aware of your surroundings, of your friends, of the people you surround yourselves with. Are they positive people? Are they pushing you in the right direction? Do every time you guys hang out, you guys have to do drugs or have to smoke or drink? Is that what your friendship is rooted or based around? If so, man, that's not that's toxic and that's leading to death one way or another. It's not leading to a, a righteous, you know, happy family. It's not leading to to good to good things, in my opinion, and biblically. But you know, I don't want to condemn anyone. I'm not trying to judge anyone. I'm just I say this all out of love because I do feel love for everyone. I do care for a lot of people. I care for just about everyone. So I wish you guys the best. God bless you guys. Hope everyone has a lovely week ahead of you guys. Amen.